Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Mr. Aldo Avina, how are you doing this fine evening? Hey, doing pretty good. Had some fried chicken, some mashed potatoes, uh, and I'm all set. Yeah, you're eating good. You know, nobody can see this, but um, Mr. Avina here has like paint swatches on his wall, on his <laughs> wall. I think they expanded or are they the same size? They are the same size. They've been like that for okay. about two months. All right. Are you you're gonna go with that color? Or are you just you know. <clears throat> I don't know if you can see one or two, but um, I'm going with the dark one. Okay, all right. Dark um, blue. Yeah, they they kind of look the same to me, and that might be just a <laughs> Skype camera. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we didn't we didn't podcast on Sunday. We just kind of had life going on. But uh, the good news is, you might hear it here at the Mean Green Nation headquarters. I'm uh, podcasting amongst family. You know, I figured, why not? Um, 45-43, they beat UTEP. Uh, we expected a win over UTEP because UTEP ain't good. But UTEP was also uh, a bad team, bad defensive team, uh, bad offensive team. They only averaged about 20, 20 a game, something like that. And yet, they scored 43 against the North Texas being green. Right. That, again, is something that we... We saw, we figured was going to happen this season. We'd allow some teams a little extra points. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Defensively, it's kind of weird, right? They allow 43 points, which I think is the most important thing, right? Points are how you win or lose games, right? You don't win or lose games by interceptions. Although, you get more interceptions, you win more games, right? Usually, you score more points or stop somebody from scoring a lot of points. Anyway, uh, they got four interceptions, right? I think uh, was it Deshaun Gaddy got a couple of them, and then like Kevin Wood got one, and then somebody else got one. Uh, all of that turned into still forty three points for UTEP. So whatever. Uh, I thought coming into the game, I was looking for consistency, and we saw some drop passes. I thought we'd get big games by everybody because UTEP is uh, pretty terrible. So I thought we'd get big plays. We did. We saw that. Uh, you know. Jalen Darden had 173, eight catches and four touchdowns because the guy's a beast. Uh, and he looks like he's done. Yeah, he declared for the draft. He said he's foregoing the rest of his eligibility, which, I, you know, you can technically uh, say to mean that he, he's, he's given up the rest of the season. But, uh, you know, I, I, I took it to mean that, but also it could be, yeah, I'm just everybody has extra eligibility because it's 2020 and I'm giving that up. Uh, I say that just because there's a bowl game coming up against Appalachian State, and he might play in that, right, if he hadn't contacted an agent or whatever. But anyway, again, just to recap it, game against UTEP, we got the win. Great. Wasn't that impressive, you know, especially defensively. But, you know, a win is a win, and I'm happy with it. How about you? Yeah, win's a win. and, And at that point, you know, I thought the season was over so we could focus on things for going into 2021. Um, yeah, we did get a lot of t- turnovers, which is great. UTEP's a bad team. Uh, we certainly made them look better than they than they were. Uh, but UNT is a fast-moving team. Uh, we scored 45 points, but we had the ball for 24 minutes. Um, they had the ball for over 35 minutes. And they were able to put 43 points up, not just because of <clears throat> our inability to um, get them off the field, uh, but we just gave them lots of time to, 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 you know, we gave them more opportunities, not because we turned over the ball, but because we score so quickly. And that's just how we are. Uh, that's yeah. the name of the game. Yeah. But, and, um, I, I, and, you know, that that's kind, that's kind of it. And I don't really, what's the word? I don't really hate that. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, cool. We can give a team an extra possession or two. I don't think that's terrible. I think the the thing that I don't like about it is um, that we don't defend very well. It's just like at the base level, 
the dude, uh, I forget the guy's name now, the UTEP quarterback, but we made him look amazing, right? Like he was just, oh yeah, right. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna fire it in here. I'm just gonna run around, look, uh, look amazing. We can't give that guy such wide open passes. <clears throat> you know what I mean? And um, I, I won't, we won't yeah, talk about it. Right here. We'll, we'll save for the second half of this episode to talk about the uh, Appalachian State game. But um, go ahead. Oh well, I mean, Brown holds through four interceptions, but he still. Uh, passed for two touchdowns and ran in two touchdowns. He ran for 114 yards. Uh, and he, he was given a lot of attitude and stuff because he kept the, his team in the game. And we were giving him every chance possible. And, and yes, like you were saying, you know, we our fast pace might give the other team a couple more opportunities, but you have to rely on the defense to not let them score with those extra opportunities. Um, if our team was, at, or if our defense was, uh, at minimum, an average defense. Um, so, yeah. So, like the the um, there's two ways to play it, right? Because you know you're, you're there's two parts of the whole, right? There's the offense that scores quick, that kind of moves fast, cool. Well, North Texas scores a lot of points. We're really explosive, so that means that we're going to score, you know, points or whatever. Um, to balance that, you want your defense to be a bend but don't break kind of deal. Um, you know, last year. In the in the refit years, I guess they were like, yeah, we're going to be an attacking defense, get the ball back, and get the ball back to our uh, uh, our offense that's going to score, right? Um, we're going to take big risks. I think the idea this time it was to say, you know what, let's let's be a bend but don't break. We'll give you lots of space, but we're going to make you earn it, right? Yard by yard, first down by first down, and we're going to frustrate you because you're like, man, they just scored 14 points. We got to score at the same pace. You know, they just hit Jalen Darden for a 75-yard touchdown. We got to go back and do the same thing. Um, and so then if you have to go on a 12-play drive, you score your touchdown, then North Texas scores again. You're like, ugh, we got to do another, you know, 13-play drive. The problem is that they do it pretty easily. We don't really frustrate anybody, right? It's just like, wow, we just kind of bloop, bloop, bloop. Or the, the defense like they were doing against um, Louisiana Tech is just giving you first downs here and there, right? Like you, uh, Louisiana Tech didn't really play that great a game. We talked about this. Um, we gave them extra plays. We gave them extra first downs. Um, I think what was frustrating about this one was that we we took the ball away from them. Four interceptions, and yet they still scored forty three points. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And how are we going to expect uh, you know the offense to try to keep that pace? Um, to just stay ahead. It's like the, that Madden-ism of the only way you win this game is to score more points than the other team. It's yeah. it, it, You can't rely on that, and that's why we are 4-5. and five. Yeah. I mean, and so, like, you look long-term, and you're like, okay, well, uh, you like the Murphy kids. Um, they're probably going to ask them to, to bulk up a little bit. I think they've said to, like, the uh, to the announcers and whatever, hey, uh, you guys are, are a little, you know, they're just a little undersized and that that's what worries us this that, and the other um you know they're probably going to bulk up in the off season and, and be a little bit better past uh like better able to withstand the run right the the rigors of defending the run um uh, but i think they need like two really good interior defensive linemen right right now we play with like one nose but we need just like two guys in there that can just share the load and just bring it and, you know, like, better linebackers. I mean, we have some solid linebackers, but we need game-changing guys that can fly to the ball and, and just, like, you know, fly around and make tackles. Yeah, and, and you know, I couldn't name you a linebacker. Um, really, it, we usually talk about the line, like like Dion Noble and or the outside linebackers, people that are working the, the either the rush or just trying to contain the edge. I can't name a, the middle linebacker if if we've got one. Well, I mean, In, we we got Katie Davis and we got uh, uh, the other you know Davis guy. Uh, but what Harry, the point I'm trying to make with yeah. with that is that you know you remember back to the or days and uh, we were talking about EJ Najia. You know, there's not a guy that that you say his name and he's like, oh yeah, he's the center yeah, piece, yeah, yeah. the linebacker that's going to stop the run, things like that. You know. We don't have that. We don't have that. Yeah, like in the, in the who to watch for kind of deal. Nobody ever talks about our linebackers. I got you. Well, other than like, hey, they've been playing. They've been starting for a long time. 
I think I think you, you're right there. To me, the the real weakness is in the secondary. I think we're just a little slow. I mentioned this before against Houston Baptist. The dude took a, a quick, uh, it was like a two yard like uh, slant, turned it upfield, and you were just like, wow. Uh, he's outrunning the entire North Texas defense. That's not usually you see like maybe one guy can do that, but a handful of guys are doing that. And every week you see North Texas guys chasing their dudes, right? Uh, we need more speed there, um, and you know just basically more talent. That's it. And I think that's one reason why North Texas has been playing so poorly. They're trying to hide a little bit of the secondary. Um, you, the other piece of evidence for that is the fact that. Um, uh, you know, like they got some of the freshmen and, and underclassmen playing out there. They're like, yeah, just roll them out. Uh, they got the the one dude, the uh, the receiver, right? He's out there playing. Um, you know, that's not going to get fixed in one off season unless they just get everybody that's been out there doing well, right? I mean, the UTEP dudes all left. Uh, they were pretty solid in the secondary over there, and they they're looking for a new home. Everybody's looking for a new home in this this time. It's difficult. You're recruiting all. 100 colleges, I guess, right, that have a guy that have eligibility and can do a one-time transfer, and you're recruiting for next season. So it's going to blow it all up. I don't know that it's necessarily, like, definitely they're going to get better. Um, it's a tough bracket, but that's the challenge. Yeah, and, and it's hit and miss. You know, there's a reason they're transferring, and who knows what that reason might be. Yeah. Um, but when you do get a guy, you might have a guy like um, I'm blanking on his name, the defensive back that we got from A and M last year. Marshall was it? Marshall? Uh, Marshall? Not, I don't remember. But anyway, you you can either get Nick. somebody that's yes, Nick. Yes, Nick. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So you get, you can get a guy like that, or you can get a Marcus Trice. You know, it's it's yeah. <laughs> kind of luck plays a big part of it. Uh, also, being able to sell your brand and tell them to come here uh, is another part of it because they're wanting to start right now. They want to transfer because they're not starting. There might be other issues. And so you just got to be careful with that, not to invest too much in that transfer portal, especially when you're trying to uh, miss some glaring spots. You know, you got you to be really diligent. And it's like you said, it's tough because you're competing. You're looking through 100 different colleges, 100 different players to try to get them in here. And it's just not the direction that your team would want to go in terms of those th that disparity in talent. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, even going the other way, right? I don't I don't even know that we should be upset if we lose any guys uh, on either side of the ball, right? Last year before the season, Rico Bussy left. And everybody's like, oh, man, it's kind of a big loss. It's supposed to be real good. Well, at Hawaii this season, I think he has like 32 receptions for like six to 800 yards. Like, you know, it's not bad, but um, nothing outstanding. Nowhere near Jalen Darden, right? You know, 19 touchdowns in nine games, you know, 76 receptions. Uh, what is it? 1,200-something uh, yards or 1,300 yards, whatever it was. Um, you know. NFL numbers in nine games is what it is. Yeah, I mean, y you never know, right? It, you know, Jalen Darden doubled his touchdown output in one season. I did not expect that. I thought, hey, if he has as good a season as he had last year, right, 12, 12 scores, um, he'll be right up there at the top. But Rico Bussey was getting 10, 11, 12 scores, uh, you know, uh, was it two seasons ago? We expected the same thing from him or some similar numbers in his junior year, and he didn't get them, right? He got hurt, by the way. And uh, my point there is that you don't know what you're going to get, even from the guys you have, right? Rico Bussey coming back was expected to put up big-time numbers, got injured, he's out, transferred, but he hasn't put up the same kind of numbers. Jalen Darden was a solid, if unspectacular, kind of a statistical output kind of guy. But then last year, 12 touchdowns. This year, 19 touchdowns, right? Just blowing up, uh, unstoppable. So... um there's a lot to just developing guys that you have. You know them. You know you can see. You you, you kind of know why you you recruited them in the first place, right? You've been developing them, that kind of thing. So, I don't put too much stock in trying to get these transfers. Like one or two, right? Um, you don't want a whole uh, bushel of transfers just because it's difficult to 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 embed them into your culture, because uh, you know otherwise they're they're embedding their culture into yours, right? Whatever mismatch of of cultures they come from into yours. So there's some danger there. 
you know, and, and I guess it's also assuming that your culture is pretty good or whatever, right? Um, okay. All that aside, uh, what was your take on this UTEP game? Did it meet your expectations? You know, did you feel like uh, you learned anything about this team? Um, I met the expectation of winning. <laughs> you know, we we expected them to win. I did not expect it to be this close, that's for sure. So the other thing that, that was revealing is, is, you know, I'd been praising the, the team throughout the season thinking, okay, there's a little glimmer of hope. Things are getting better here, uh, here and there. Uh, but but then it all came crashing down in this game and just like going back to the old, um, um, the well of, of guys are missing assignments, um, getting picked apart in the zone, just guys aren't really knowing how to react to things happening in front of them. Uh, so it was, um, I don't want to say demoralizing to see that, but but it was just disappointing to 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 see how the defense was being manipulated by by not a great offensive team also led by Mike Canales. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he had he probably had a little, like, uh, let me show him what's what, you know. I could have been y'all's coach. I could have went four and five on the season. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know that there's much to say about it because uh, going into the game, I didn't really have a whole lot to say about it. Usually I kind of try to write, like, here's the storyline. How do we attack them? How do we defend them? But I thought all of that was kind of beside the point. Um, and, I, you know... In the like, uh, what is the word? Just the eye test of how interested everybody was. I didn't see a, ho- a whole lot of chatter about it in you know online anywhere on Twitter, uh, on the message boards, uh, in the Discord server. Just you know, nobody's really excited about Utah. They're just kind of like, yeah, it's the last game of the season. It doesn't mean anything for us. Uh, it doesn't really mean anything for them. Like, there's really nothing on the line. And so, like, I was looking at, it, like, what is the entertainment factor? Like, I want to see lots of points. That's what I'm looking for. Um, I want to see some consistency. Like, if there's things to improve on, like, I think they'll score, and they did. Um, but I want to see them, like, not drop any passes. They drop passes. Um, and I was like, you know, like, I don't necessarily want to use, like, the cheat code. Let's let's see if Bean, I thought it was going to be Bean, you know, complete passes down the field and execute the offense. And we didn't get to see that because Bean dropped the ball first play. They benched him, put Ani back there. And, I mean, Ani had big numbers, right? It was like 300-something yards, uh, four touch, uh, five touchdowns, and scored, ran one in. Um, you know, those are big numbers, but I think bulk, the bulk of that was, uh, um, you know, obviously Jalen Darden, four scores, 173 yards, eight catches on, like, 12, uh, you know, targets or something. Um so I yeah, and I don't know that we learned anything. Go ahead. Yeah, and and you know, Ani, his accuracy was his poor accuracy was on display again. Fifty five percent passing percentage. Um, and what did we say for receiving? So he Austin uh, Ani um, completed sixteen passes out of twenty nine. Uh, half of those went to Jalen Darden. Mm. So so half of those receptions, half of the yardage went to to one. Um, Dante had game four for 103, and they were, it could have been bigger. Um, there were times when when both those guys or other guys were wide open, um, and Ani just wasn't hitting them in stride or or in between coverage uh, in the soft spot, and that's killer. You know when you're trying to move the ball, trying to extend the lead, and it's a third down, and you overthrow a guy, can't can't convert. It it really hurts the team. Yeah, I think um, again we we didn't really learn anything. I don't know that anybody improved. It was just a display for Jalen Darden, which is great because I think those are all highlights. He's in the record book. Um, he was at seven catches, one seventy five, and they threw him a little two yard <laughs> negative two yard play uh, that put him over the top, gave him the reception record. I thought that was fine. It's cool. He didn't need those two yards anyway. And uh, you know, I thought that was the right way to do it. Um, but that was it. It was really just Jalen Darden, get a little highlight reel, pump up his stats, um, you know, get him into the NFL and, and just kind of get out of there relatively healthy. What that means going forward is that, well, North Texas is in a bowl game and we kind of had a little discussion about this on the line. Uh, let's talk about it and we'll, we'll do like, obviously a preview podcast where we talk about Appalachian state, but I want to talk more about what this means 
you know, just kind of overall, right? I had issue with the way like it's being presented. So people are like, this is the fourth time in five years. I think that was a Conference USA press release that Seth Luttrell has led this team to a bowl game. And I'm like, dude, uh, that that doesn't tell you the whole story. And I always get a little annoyed when, when they kind of do that thing. I know why they're doing it, right? They're trying to just kind of hype it up, put it all in a positive light. But four times in five years, they've gone to a bowl game. Cool. But one time, they got an exception. It was with five wins. Another time, they with four wins because in the pandemic. So two of the four, not like the others, right? And the other two times they went there, it was a, a two nine-win seasons. Those were impressive seasons. Both of those years, they got blown the F out. <laughs> uh, so, you know, like, I think the... While it's good, they're going to bowl games and stuff like that, but it just saying, yeah, they played in a bowl game. It doesn't tell you what kind of season North Texas had, and it doesn't tell you, like, where the program is at. Um, you know, that said, more bowl games is better than, than fewer bowl games, and so I'm happy about that. Uh, you know, I remember, you know, like I said, the, the Dodge era where a bowl game started looking like, you know, fantasy, you know? Like fiction, <laughs> it's you know like uh, two like, wins started yeah. to seem like fantasy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're just like, man, could you imagine winning three games? What? <laughs> uh, or you know, playing good defense or something like that. My kid's walking over here with a bucket on her head and like, <laughs> pretending to attack me. I'm like, I don't want to be attacked. Um, so yeah, I I don't know the best measure though. Is it just like, hey, winning percentage? Because you could say wins. And you're like, well, they got nine wins, but they played 13 games, right? Whereas, like, nine wins in, like, 1975 was impressive because that meant you went nine out of ten games or you won all nine games. Um, you know, it's difficult to compare across eras and, and teams. Uh, in the modern era, say, like, 20, 2005 to now, teams regularly play 11, 12, 13 games, right? It used to be – or even 15. It used to be, like, ah, man, this is the first team to play 11 games. I remember – I don't know. Some team had that stat. Uh, where are you on this, the fourth and five years uh, stat? Um, I, I don't like it. I'm I'm on the boat. You know, it's it's kind of a mixed bag of emotions where you're you're happy for the team. You know, here's a reward for dealing with such a crappy year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Go to Myrtle Beach. You can't do anything because of COVID. Yeah. But go enjoy another state for a little bit. Um so that's nice for the, for for the guys. Um, but it, you know, did the team really deserve a bowl game? No, it's, it's, it's almost embarrassing, you know, a four win team going to a bowl game. This kind of tells you it's, it's not about the teams. It's about the money. It's about, yeah. um, at revenue. And, you know, while the revenue is going to be nice, it's just, we don't deserve it. <laughs> and yeah. I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah. I thought the, you know, the, that five win team, in 2016 uh probably deserved a little bit more that they could get a lot more benefit out of it i thought uh they were a young team first year team so they're like a lot of it was like hey yeah we'll take it also practice time also we're trying to build up this new project here right get everybody excited i know all that was good and positive um the this one it, it, you know like you said i think you hit on the major points of it it's like what are we rewarding here like i'm a fan of north Texas. i'm gonna watch them be excited they win uh, but still, they played the majority of their games at home, and they lost the majority of those games, right? Including this one, which was uh, technically an away game. It was a home game, and they won it, right? So cool, but it was a narrow win. I know I know they were up, what, uh, was it uh, 10 points, right, when when UTEP scored? But still, right, it was closer than, you know, you, you, you think it would be. I mean, UTSA beat this team 52-21. to 21. Uh, you know, we were not really blowing them out. We were not putting in our backups or anything. Um, and then you look at like, um, um, you know, the loss to SMU that was terrible at home. Um, we let Houston Baptist score a lot of points. We got blown out by Louisiana Tech. We got blown out by Southern Miss. We got blown out by Charlotte all at home. And so it's difficult to say, yeah, this team, you know, put them on the road in Myrtle Beach and then they're going to really shine. We just played the one game away uh, that uh, where we played well, right? The Middle Tennessee one, um, and then we got blown out in the road <laughs> against UTSA. It's like there's not really a whole lot of evidence to say, yeah, put this team in at Myrtle Beach and you'll really see some entertainment. 
It just kind of like, yeah, you probably what's going to happen is North Texas is going to put up some offense, some big yards, and they're going to get blown out, right? If you said that, you'll probably be right. Um, so yeah, again, we'll we'll talk about the actual matchup. App State is a good team, and the last time we played a good Sun Belt team, uh, we got waxed in the they're Orleans. Really, Bowl. really good team. Yeah, they're really good. They were ranked for a while. They've been good the last three years. They had a good program. Just everything about that team says, hey, they're they're a step ahead of North Texas right now. They were even good in FCS, um, you know. So th- so that's that. Uh, but cool, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And like I said, the other things about the bowl experience, right? Hey, the fans get to travel. It's a revenue generation kind of thing. Build memories. Can't really do that in a pandemic, and uh, you know, college football is already struggling. I think was it Washington University of Washington had a bow out of the Pac-12 title game because of COVID. And they're like, all right, who's next? Uh, down the list. You're going. You're the next representative of the Pac-12, whatever, North Conference. Um, you know, it, that's the that's the era we're in. And so then it's it's real difficult to, for me to see a, a real good reason to send this team to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina <laughs> for a game. Right. Yeah, other than than saying, you know, good for them. <laughs> I can't I can't give them any other praise than I'm glad they have this opportunity to do it. Um that they get to travel, you know, get to practice a little bit more, but really I mean I just want to call it. <laughs> I think here's the other part about a bowl game, right? Is that I don't think it's as impressive. I don't think people really remember it as much as they do an early season thing. I talked about this before. I like a bowl game. I'm I'm a big fan of it. But, you know, I think bowl game times where you see some upsets and people are like, wow, they got a big win over so-and-so in a bowl game. That's going to really drive momentum for next season. I was like, eh, maybe, maybe, maybe not, right? I think I don't think it has as much impact as, say, North Texas blowing out Arkansas did, right? People remember that. I saw it was a you sent that Mac Engel column right saying basically saying North uh South Trail should have took the job and blah blah blah. He probably regrets it at Kansas State one. One, that's a well worn sentiment across the league right now. I think people were talking about that in early September. Anyway. Uh he he kinda mentioned there like uh he hit on the one thing, he's like, North Texas was in a really good spot when they beat Arkansas a couple seasons ago and whatever. That season, North Texas was a little—they're uh, a little janky. That one, right? The the real good one was the year before. But whatever, um, people remember those wins more than they remember the bowl games. And so, even though uh, you know Seth Luttrell and and team were blown out in the New Orleans Bowl and against Utah State, nobody really remembers that, right? You, they remember, hey, they got to a bowl game. That's it. Um, and they remember the early season victories. So. Well, the the fans aren't forgetting. Um, maybe conference wide, they'll 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 say, "Oh yeah, yeah, he's been to four conference, or, excuse me, four bowl games in those five years or or whatever." But the fans remember that, or he's starting to gain this um, reputation of of not doing a great job in the postseason, yeah, not getting his team to finish out a year, and this is not going to help. This is not going to help whatsoever. You, North Texas is going to get their socks blown off. And, <laughs> you know, the it was more meaningful year one, taking a 1-11 and 11 team or what have you yeah. and turning them into a five-win team mm-hmm. just overnight. And then they got into a bowl game with, with their academics. That That is a more meaningful bowl invite than yeah. what we've gotten. It, it also- basically... It was in town. I was at the Cotton Bowl. Just there was a lot to like about it. Um, and I think be, beyond that, to you know, like expand on your point there. Uh, you remember last week? I think I, I was talking about like how you know you kind of lose some goodwill. Like as you go on, wins don't mean as much, and uh, you know losses mean more. Right? It's just kind of how it works. Um, which is it, it's how you, you end up firing Gus Melzahn, right? You know, even though he has a six thirty-five win percentage or something like that at Auburn, um, you know, bowl win, five wins felt like a thousand wins that first season, right? Cause we we're one and 11. So good <laughs> five wins going to a bowl game felt amazing, right? All that thing was good. But then next year at the New Orleans bowl, right? Because of it was kind of a, kind of let down. You were the one and you're like, ah, the New Orleans bowl. Oh, geez. <laughs> Might yeah. Well just stay home. 
so I, you know, I thought that was good. Then the, the next season, we're like, oh, nine wins. Uh, was it New Mexico Bowl? I guess. All right, I guess we'll go. Um, so this year, you know, like again, four wins. It feels like not that many wins. A lot of it's because it, they haven't been close in any of them. It's been blowout after blowout. And uh, you know, I I I agree, and we'll just kind of wrap that piece of it up. The bowl game talk. Um, I don't want anybody to think that we're not looking forward to it. Obviously, we do a North Texas podcast. We are going to watch the game. <laughs> we're going to talk about the game. We're going to preview the game and obsess about it. Uh, here's what, uh, what I was getting at is like, like beating an Appalachian State team would mean some things. It would kind of break this little trend, as you mentioned, and we've mentioned on the show before, that Seth Luttrell is not coming up big when it matters, right? We listed him off before, but we'll do it again real quick. Um, the bowl game against Army, they lost, right, that first year. The next season, big game at FAU, they lost. Big game in the championship game, they lost, right? That was the biggest one of all to me. Uh, bowl game, they lose. Okay, next season, Louisiana Tech at home, they lose that one. Um, UAB away, they lose that one. Utah State bowl game, they lose that one. And then you can even mix in there's like a blowout loss to Charlotte in there. I mean, a, a comeback loss to Charlotte, right? Um, uh, next season, obviously, you know, they don't have anybody, everybody just, they just lose everything to everybody all the time. Um, not good. Didn't really finish out Mason Fine's career. Uh, well, that was pretty bad. And he, he has some swing and misses on some hiring decisions, right? The Bodie Reader one is obviously the big one. Uh, so then you come to this season, um, SMU fall flat in your face. Uh, UTSA fall flat in your face. Uh, Louisiana Tech at home coming off a blowout loss. You get blown out again. Uh, just a lot of blowouts in these games, and it looks like, wow, what what's going on? Yo-yoing the quarterback. I don't really see, you know, that changing too much, as you said. But if they get a win against Appalachian State, who is a good team, that would say a lot. Like, hey, well, maybe they finally figured it out, right? Give us momentum going into next season. But the trend is, big game, Seth Trail loses. He can't step up to the plate. Um they're not even competitive in these things, right? Like, that's the problem. Uh, three, yeah. I mean, you watch the other coach. You're watching Skip Holtz. You're watching Lane Kiffin overplay, overmatch, overthink Seth Luttrell in these <laughs> games, and and you feel like, why can't my coach do that? You know, and all <laughs> respect to Seth Luttrell because <laughs> he has taken us to this point. You know, he's yeah. taken us to the point of complaining about not being able to count on two hands the yeah. number of wins, right? Yeah. Uh, so much appreciation to him. But but like you said, when it matters, he gets outmatched. I mean, the thing is, that, yeah, look, if you're going to be the one of the highest paid coaches in G5, right, these are the expectations that come with it. Um, you either, yeah, again, if you wanted an anonymous gig where nobody's going to bother you, you could have been the, the spectrum salesman that came here, right, today. He came here and knocked on my door and was like, hey, what kind of, whatever you got. Nobody knows that guy's name. Nobody's following him and tweeting about his like performance. Like ah, he really blew that sale. He really could have stepped. Nobody cares, right? My gig. I'm working all day. You know, I had to remind my boss, like, oh yeah, these are the things they did this quarter. And like, oh yeah, yeah. So just write that up for me, and we we kind of talk in the review. You know what I mean? Seth Luttrell, his boss doesn't need to do that, right? We we can give his review for him because we all care, right? You want 1.8 million dollars a year or whatever. This is what comes with it when you have this gig, right? Uh, uh, the the shine and the criticism. So do not feel bad, right? This guy gets paid. You, know, you can review his performance. Um, yeah, good job getting this to this point. Now you got to take the next step, right? Good job getting five wins a season, right? Well, we know, hey, if a team has a bad defense, we're going to just overwhelm them. But what I want to see now, right, what's going to get me excited as a North Texas fan what's going to have uh, effusive podcasts from MeanGreenNation.com is going to be more wins, more exciting wins, right? That's, that's how it works, man. Um, so let's button that one up, right? We'll, we'll get more into the to the bowl game talk in a little bit uh, on, the next, on the next episode. But I want to talk about an opponent right now, right? So two things happened this weekend. Uh, one, the West decided, right? UAB, again, UAB came up clutch. This is this is a thing. 
Bill Clark's UAB team was down like 25, 30 players or something like that. They had preferred walk-ons out there making some big-time plays. They went to Rice. They beat Rice uh, 21-16. Their defense stepped up. Their uh, offense, which is pretty terrible. Again, it's cool to have weaknesses. UAB has had a, a weakness in passing um, on Conference USA report. You know, everybody's following all the, all the uh, UAB fans. I was like, yeah, this game might come down to Rice showing out, passing the ball. And UAB just not able to execute on defense. They're like, what? Again, you're criticizing them? I'm like, UAB is finished 10th, 10th, 9th, and this year 10th in passing yards. And guess what? Three straight West Division titles. You can have a weakness. That's cool, as long as you can overcome it. Uh, when you talk about UAB, you say, man, that defense is going to do some things, right? Their defense is so good that they don't really need a top to a, a passing attack. So, North Texas, we don't need top five defense. We just need a good enough defense, right? Even just an aspect of it. Like, hey, we have a great pass defense, but we give up a lot of run. Whatever. We got a great run defense, but we give up the pass a lot. Whatever. As long as our offense is so good that we can make up for it, right? So, just wanted to acknowledge UAB. Uh, again, it's like stuff of movies, right? They... They needed a win. They needed to play. Everybody has COVID or contact traced, uh, and so is out. They got a bunch of walk-ons on, but that's part of the thing, right? You got to build your depth. Uh, I saw some people, some UTSA people complaining, like, oh, we had our fourth-string quarterback in that game, man. I was like, you know what? They allow you to recruit a lot of quarterbacks. You can recruit, recruit as many quarterbacks as you want. You can get them all out here, and, you know, that way, just in case you need to play that guy, you can. Again, UAB played their, was it? Walk on preferred walk on uh, receiver. He out th- he was out there making plays, scoring touchdowns, winning the game. Right, that's how you do it. You can't complain about it. So, bringing that to UTSA, they made a bowl game. You know, whoop de do. Uh, I think uh, a lot of North Texas fans were following that UAB game because they were rooting maybe for UAB. I know one or two were like, "Nah, I can't root for UAB. I hate them." But whatever. Uh, I'll ask you in a second who you're rooting for. But. Uh, uh, UTSA is in a bowl game. They got announced in a bowl game. And they're going to play SMU, right? SMU and UTSA in the was it the Frisco Bowl. UTSA. Yeah. Last time we saw SMU in the, in the Frisco Bowl, they got beat down by Louisiana Tech. And, yeah, I was rooting for Louisiana Tech in that game. I was like, yeah, score again on them. Get another touchdown. So who who are you rooting for in this in this game? Neither. <laughs> Come on, COVID. I, I don't, I don't no, have root to root for, for either one. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. is like, you know, like, somebody asked who we're rooting for. So, number one, let me ask the question. Uh, who are you rooting for in the UAB game? Were you rooting, like, for UTSA to win the West? Or were you rooting against them? You know, well, how, how did your rooting, you know, play out? I don't know about y'all, but these colors don't run. <laughs> I'm like with Adam, this is now a lot tech podcast. I don't know if y'all knew. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't I don't feel the need to to root and yeah. and I know that's not what you're asking. Yeah, like yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna trade fandoms or anything. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I I would root for the 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 loss like UTSA loss or something that would hamper UTSA to have success. Right? Yeah. That that's that so whatever that needs to happen for that to happen preferably with the UNT win, but we couldn't do that. Yeah. So what other way can that happen? Yeah. Well, then let's let's have UAB beat Rice. Um, UTSA versus SMU. Um, as a football game, I think it's going to be a really good game. Um, you've got, you've got a, a really good offense with SMU, and you've got a, a decent enough defense uh, with UTSA, but, but a pretty fun offense to watch. Um, you know, I'm not going to root for either one. I hope they, it ends in a tie after 12 um, unbearable overtimes. Uh, but I think it's going to be, um, from a purely football perspective, it's going to be uh, a good game. But the fact that it's UTSA versus SMU, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> like, I feel dirty wanting to watch it. So I, I think you, you touched on a little bit, like, like I said, there's like a decision tree. I'm usually like, you know, I root for North Texas and whoever's playing SMU. And UTSA, you know, like it's, it's easy that way. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I was kind of, I was telling my my wife the same thing. I was like, hey, uh, yeah. So sat down. I was like, it's UAB and Rice. We're rooting for for UAB in this one. 
She's like, oh, how come? I was like, well, because if UAB loses, then UTSA wins the West Division. And she goes, oh, okay, let's go UAB. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, it's just kind of the default. who you're rooting for. Um, so as I'm saying, like, I agree with you that you kind of do that. Because UTSA is a division rival, right? You can't have the division rival going out there being, you know, SMU. So uh, as much as, like, you know, you kind of want, say conference USA to shine or something like that. Uh, not, not you don't want you don't want to be in SMU because then then also it adds to that thing. Especially since we lost to we lost to both of them, but we got blown out by both of them also. Uh, but I, I think there's just something like it adds to the smack talk, right? Like if I'm a UT, <laughs> if I'm a UTSA fan, what I say is like, man, and you know we beat SMU. Like, look, we beat your rival. Like, I mean, you can't even beat your rival. You are terrible. Like that's the <laughs> line of like smack talk that I take, and so yeah, I I I just it leaves a dirty taste in my mouth to to hope either of them kind of win. But yeah. I said this before. I'm more anti UTSA than like anti SMU because I didn't grow up in the DFW area, right? And a lot of people are like, like what's the name? Uh, uh, Georgia over there, like uh, they're like Russia State. You know, I'd root for Russia State. You know, so I don't really have that. And and I totally understand if there's some old time fans are just like no I cannot root for the ponies there you know I just oh, I just they're so smug and whatever and I got to see those smooth guys walking around you know so I I get that you know I I think this is not a good matchup for for a, hopefully it's like a three to nothing game where everybody's like <laughs> man that team won but uh, we all lost right <laughs> like that, that what if it's a four to two game. There you go. That's what I'm saying. Something terrible <laughs> where everybody looks bad and they're like, this just set back college football like, you know, 100 <laughs> That would be the ideal outcome. In that one, it doesn't matter who wins, right? Yeah, and like you were saying, I think I have a little more animosity towards UTSA because keeping us out of the like, – like everybody does, for keeping us out of the, the, the conference um, title back in, what was it, 2013, 2013 or whatever. Yeah. And And – Against U- uh, USM, against SMU, and now I'm doing it, against SMU, <laughs> yeah. you know, when I moved up here in 2004, I had never heard of SMU, yeah. um, and I started watching a little bit of college football, and and I'm like, why are these old guys, old newscasters, like, just loving all over yeah. SMU? Yeah. They haven't been good for a long time. They're just mm-hmm. mediocre, yeah. and that's my animosity towards them, is that they they were given this undue respect that they never really... Earned. They earned it via underhanded payments. You know what I mean? They paid for that. <laughs> well, <recognition>. yeah, cheating. <clears throat> I was like, when did this happen? They're like, yeah. oh, before you were born. Yeah. Oh, so it's all the old people propping this yeah. up. So once all those old people die, people will realize <laughs> that SMU is just another mid-major. Yeah, I, I've written about this right since they came back. Right, basically, I, I, I picked like '95 or something like that. Since they, since North Texas has been in D1 or FBS or whatever you want to call it now. Uh, 1A, right? It's pretty much the same record. It's like over the last three or four seasons since I've been just kind of updating that same post I did, it's been like North Texas within like three wins. Then it was like North Texas is up by one. Now you, uh, SMU is up by like two wins. Whatever. They basically have the same record. North Texas has been to more bowl games. I think we've lost more, but whatever. It's They're basically the same team. There's not a whole lot of difference uh, outside of like you, know, you said nostalgia and and you know, just more money, I guess. Yeah, you know, it's a private school versus a public school, that kind of thing. I mean, money has a lot to do with it. That prestige. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, and so like, you know, I I thought I always thought that that makes a good rivalry because it's like that, right? They're, they're so different, same area, but it's just like you know, rich people school, regular people school, you know, that kind of deal. And then you have like, uh, was like lawyers versus like what music majors, right? And then. Uh, but one thing I like about like UTSA and North Texas being like that is that they're kind of similar, right? Both of them had a commuter school kind of vibe, um, but it's like North versus South. Like it's predominantly Dallas Maverick fans versus predominantly uh, like San Antonio Spurs fans, uh, you know. But you know it's funny? Both both groups of people there like the Cowboys, except you. You don't like the Cowboys. Um, so as I'm saying, there, there's just a little bit like hey, there's a lot – that's similar, uh, similar to like UAB, you like Birmingham is about the size of San Antonio, um, kind of has the same deal. Like UAB is 
basically like the UTSA, you know, of the the town and kind of play sort of downtown. There's a lot of similarities between like those R three programs. You know what I mean, um, and I think that's cool. It kind of just adds to a little bit. Like Rice is a little, they're a little bit more that private school kind of deal. Um, they're a little bit aloof, higher, higher admittance standards and that kind of thing. I like the West Division because it gives a lot of that kind of flavor. It's not, you know, it's not the same team or just teams that you never heard of before. Like how many people have you ever ran into that went to Arkansas State, right? Or even knew where Jonesboro was. Uh, versus a lot of people know where San Antonio is, Houston. Or even El Paso, or uh, or you know, know of La Tech, right? You you know some famous alums from there, right? So, to me, it's cool these rivalries that we have. Uh, but I think it's pretty clear again to me who to root for, uh, and that is the uh, the refs, I guess. <laughs> Call yeah. eighty seven yeah. penalties on these guys. Um, yeah, send some conference USA refs over there. <laughs> Hey, you scored a touchdown, but I didn't see it, so it doesn't count. I'm like, what? <laughs> what were you looking? I was just, uh, just I forgot the play was called. Uh, so other there are other bowl games. I think like five of them are announced. Uh, like West Kentucky is going to a bowl game. Uh, someone is going to like the Montgomery Bowl, which is actually only a bowl for this year, and then it's going to disappear. It's played on the twenty third, and then two days later they're going to actually play the game that they normally play there, which is the Camellia Bowl. Um, so that's uh, Montgomery Bowl. I mean, excuse me. <laughs> I'm reading it off. Memphis yeah. versus FAU. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, so like, there's a lot of bowl. A lot of teams are going to bowls. Uh, you know, and, and some are kind of shutting it down. Uh, Marshall obviously hasn't been announced yet because they're playing in the conference USA title game. It's gonna be kind of weird. Title game on Friday, Saturday. UTSA and SMU are gonna play bowl game. Um, so you know kind of stealing the shine a little bit by the way who do you got in that title game uab or marshall it's at marshall in case you didn't know i mean it's got to be marshall right i haven't even looked at the spread or anything like that but i'll google it right now uh but it's uh i'm go. I'm, I'm positive it's marshall well i mean here's the thing right they both played rice right marshall played rice then they canceled the game uab was canceling and then they played rice uh rice blew out marshall 20 to nothing Picked off Grant Wells tw- uh, five times, right? To me, that was more Marshall just stumbling all over themselves than it was, you know, anything Rice did. Uh, UAB struggled a little bit with Rice, but they kind of showed out, you know, late in the game again with their defense and whatever. I think that Marshall has a great defense. Like, they're really good. Um, and I think they got whatever terribleness was in their system. Marshall always loses, like, one important game a season, right? And they're like, they're so great, well, yeah. and then they blam, and they do that, and then whatever. They're always good, but they, they managed to lose one game where you're just like, why did I ever think Marshall was good? They're just embarrassing me right <laughs> now. And uh, I think and that every, got the other system. Yeah, what's up? I feel like every good mid-major, mid-major has that kind of game where yeah. they'll they'll drop it. But their spread is Marshall minus 5.5. Yeah. It's at in Huntington. Here's the deal, right? UAB, back-to-back-to-back uh, to back to back West Division champs. Uh, they had a similar episode when they lost the, the game before the final game a couple seasons ago. They lost at, uh, you know, Middle Tennessee. That cost them uh, the home berth in Birmingham. Then they had to go back to Middle Tennessee the next weekend and then play in the title game. And they won that one. Um, so I, I I think maybe Marshall has a little bit of that. I think Marshall's do. They're good. They're they quarterback's good. Grant Wells is good. They got a good running game. Uh, it will be a good game. I'm actually looking forward to it. That's Friday, this Friday, uh, on like CBS Sports Network or whatever like that. So tune in. And if you don't care about conference USA football, I mean, you know, I don't know what to tell you. But, uh, <laughs> then why are you listening to this? <laughs> yeah, at least to this segment of it. Um, you know, like I think that Marshall had that one bad season and they got over it and they've been good ever since. They think they found a quarterback, so I think there's a team to watch. FAU was this close to getting back in there. But then USM just jumped up and whooped them. Uh again, there's just there is no there's not that much different you, you difference. You can slip a credit card between the the quality of teams at the top and the bottom, especially any given Saturday. And, uh, you know, I think I'm looking forward to North Texas being a lot better next season. 
How does that happen? I don't really, I can't tell you right now. I don't, I don't know. But I'm looking forward to them getting better. I think it's just, what, 10% better on defense, and then, then they're in that conversation of challenging for the, for the title. That's a lot of yards, <laughs> 10%. Yeah, I mean, you know, but it just feels that way sometimes. Like, just 10% better there. And then maybe a quarterback, you know, I don't know, the Houston Baptist dude is out there, right? He, he's he's in the transfer portal, the guy that threw for 400 yards against us and 400 yards He looked 10. good. Yeah. And he's actually good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, what we can hope for some years is it's the same thing I say every week, just average. And in, in, a, in a conference like, like ours, we can jump up and beat most of these teams like Marshall would be a, a tough win. Uh, UAB would be a tough win. And, and those would be, and you like to use, use the example of if we played them 10 times. Mm-hmm. With those two teams, we probably won't win um, maybe one or two mm-hmm. uh, because of luck, because of the kind of game that Marshall had against Rice. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you knew what it took to, to improve North Texas to be a top-tier team next year, then you would be getting $1.8 million. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm hopeful. Uh, I know that the that the offense is going to be okay. You know, even with with the quarterbacking that we've seen this season, we are one of the top conference or, uh, top offenses in the nation. Uh, put us against a real defense like Appalachian State. I don't think it's going to be a, a, lots of success. Um, but um, I think one year and we'll improve to be at the very least uh, above five hundred. Yeah, just in case there are any athletic directors listening to this, if you want to hire me, I'll I'll do it at a cut rate price. I'll take seven hundred fifty <laughs> grand. You know, I'll run your program. I'll do it. Yeah, you know? half I'll, off. I'll do right. Yeah, I'll do it right now. <laughs> this uh, deal ends by eight p.m. tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want it front loaded, just in case anybody's wanting you know front load my contract. <laughs> um, made, made out in cash. <laughs> yeah, paid in cash, please. Thanks. Thanks. Um, yeah, so as we wrap up the show, right, uh, I, I think just to – it's a little hard to, to kind of get excited about that UTEP game. It's going to be hard to get excited about this uh, uh, Appalachian stat, State Bowl game, the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Uh, it's the inaugural bowl, by the way, first time we it, it ever existed, um, simply because there's not much to play for, like I said. And and beyond that, if we, we don't see Jalen Darden out there, we don't even have that to root for, right? Like if he played in that game, when I mean, he gets to extend his, his uh, uh, you know, records, right? Maybe uh, reach for the stars, you know, and get five more touchdowns, get 24, put 24 up in a season, really extend that record, uh, take the single season, you know, receiving records, just really kind of extend it. But that's really all you're playing for. And so I can understand why he's like, it's time to, to work for the draft, right? Got to protect his investment. So I can see that, right? Um, so then you look at everybody else, you're like, well, uh, now is maybe the time for Deontay Simpson to shine a little bit. Um, you know, if you look, if you remember back to that 2016 bowl game uh, against Army, that's where we saw the first signs of Rico Bussey Jr. looking pretty good there. Uh, he had a big game. Uh, you saw, and I had a post about that. I was like, hey, this is like the first time we actually saw the offense that we were promised, right? That first season, the offense was terrible. Um, but we saw what there was to in store for them. Uh, it was a lot more air raid, a lot more of the, the concepts there. So we might see a little bit more of that, and that might be a little preview of the remix, you know. Uh, we might see what it's going to be. And so there, there's that to look forward to, but, you know, not much else to talk about there. I, I, I agree yeah. with that. I think it's probably going to be a blowout, although I'm hoping against hope that we get a nice little victory in that one. Yeah, I mean, you know, Darton did what he did in nine games, which Great. is in itself, it's amazing. You know, nine games. Uh, so it's kind of, uh, while also being an amazing, it's also really sad that it had to happen in this kind of year, that he couldn't have a bigger year with a full season under his belt, you know, what could have been. Um, but he, he deserves to be done. You know, he doesn't need to go into this bowl game. It's risky for him to hurt himself. He's not getting anything from it yeah. except may- maybe a watch in the future, but whatever. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Go get paid, you yeah. know, millions at, in, in NFL. That makes it's, it's more important. And 
you know, it brings that will bring more rapport, more um, spotlight on North Texas than than winning a bowl game uh, at um, what's it called? Myrtle Beach Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree there. Like, I mean, it's it meaningless stats get, you know, get get padded there. And uh, if he gets drafted and he and he really shows out, really impresses at the combine, whatever that combine looks like in, in a pandemic uh, world, uh, that will do North Texas a lot better as you said i totally agree there um you know seeing him walk across the stage again whatever version of pandemic stage or seeing him on a zoom call being like yeah i did it uh maybe shedding a tear all that would be great i will be excited for the dude um you know like i said i think uh you know jeff wilson played in the super bowl that's great uh, a lot of north texas guys doing things out there uh you know Jalen guyton was was making plays you know, the more you get out there, the more they can do that kind of thing. Um, we already talked about like Mason Fine, like developing the next uh, the next guy, right? The the uh, the pioneer quarterback out there in Oklahoma, <laughs> kind of giving them some pointers. That's the good part about it, right? You you put more talent out there that people respect and look 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 uh, uh, look up to. Um, you know, the better for the program. I would watch that show, Pioneer Quarterback. <laughs> I mean, so, like, we've always had Craig Robertson out there, right, you know, and, but I think, you know, when he talks about North Texas, he's like, yeah, we were bad. We were bad. We were so bad. And so, you know, like, you don't want to, you don't want that to be his first couple words, right? Uh, yeah. You want him to be like, yeah, it was a great time in North Texas. We did a lot of good things. Remember, we beat had a lot of fun. Kind of thing, yeah. You know? um, and, you know, like, even, uh, yeah, who's, who's saying that? Like, Toby Nwigwe, right? He's he's a big-time rapper now. He's, he's getting up there. Uh my was well, my cousin-in-law basically but he texted me he was like hey this guy toby uh Nwigwe, he's a rapper i've been kind of listening to he went he went to north texas at your time and i was like yeah and sent him a highlight reel of his uh <laughs> his uh his my i guess his highlights right yeah um anyway just a little shine from north texas uh just a quick note about basketball man they gave western western west virginia a run there for a little bit, let it halftime. Uh, it was like a Friday at two. Very difficult to really get that excited about that game or even watch it. Uh, you probably were finishing up your work day. Um, but, uh, you know, J- uh, Javion Hamlet uh, played a lot better than he had to kind of, uh, you know, to start this season. He's been struggling a little bit. I think he's going to get back into form, getting ready to start conference play. Uh, you know, that's that's where North Texas really shined. The thing was, like, I was looking forward to that game for a couple of reasons. One, West Virginia is good. And two, Western Kentucky had played West Virginia, and they lost, but they gave them a good game in, like, the preseason tournament. So I thought that that this game was good and gave me some good feelings because it showed that North Texas could compete with some really talented teams, especially teams that, like, pressure you. It's like Arkansas was pressuring them. They, were, they made them turn the ball over a lot, and they took full advantage of that. And so North Texas didn't really play well. West Virginia is known to play, you know, full court press kind of deal. North Texas looked like they learned from that. Um, you know, the the other dude was that Abu uh, uh, Usman. That guy looks good. Uh, you know, big man who kind of replaces that, uh, like spells Zach Simmons inside a little bit. He has a nice touch around the rim, can catch and score, and that's what you need in a big man. You know. Um, so just a little tidbit about basketball. I was excited to see that game, even though they lost. Uh, that was a moral victory for me. So, you know, I put that in the, the MW column. Sweet. Moral I mean, just, just like the show, so, uh, the intro song, all this sounds real good. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, I mean, that's it. Like, so we can wrap this up and usually I wrap up and we're getting towards kind of the end of it. So I won't give the full wrap up. But basically, what's going to happen with the like the podcast? We're going to do the preview podcast for the for the bowl game, and that's going to be on a Monday, right, December twenty first, I think it is, right. So we'll figure out a time that we're going to record our show, and and kind of put it out there. Then we'll do the recap one again. We'll kind of figure out where that goes, and that'll be like the, the end. So we're kind of coming to the end of our podcast season. Um, I'm going to migrate to like a basketball centric one. And uh, well, you know, it's probably just going to be me on that one. But I'm going to try to get a fan, a friend of the show, Greg, who's a big basketball guy. He likes basketball. He talks about basketball. 
um, and, and kind of whatever there. And we'll we'll kind of see how that goes. But then there's not going to be nothing happening too much until we get like there's going to be like a recruiting one. We'll talk about that. But we're just going to kind of go into hiatus for a little bit. Uh, and I do that one because I just need a break from podcasting, and two so that we we can kind of reset. There's not much news about it, and I don't want to be like. Just, I don't know. Let's talk about our favorite Netflix movies. There are plenty of podcasts that do that, right? Uh, so that's just a little preview of what's happening here. We'll pause and for a little be, bit. Yeah. There'll be a couple of uh, recruiting days coming up, too. Yeah. And we'll jump on. We'll talk about those, go through the, the list the way we do. If you've listened to the show, and I know a lot of you have and are like old fans of the show, and, and you know, you kind of know the rhythm of it, uh, but that's what will happen. Um, so your podcast feed won't get updated very much but keep an eye out for it because we'll we'll kind of kind of do it hopefully next season like or, or even till like you know like i said this summer you know everybody getting vaccinated we'll get some semblance of normality yeah fingers crossed yeah i'm hoping you know like i said i i was looking forward to this season before we knew it was gonna all get shut down to so, you know, going to A&M, seeing that game. I haven't even looked at next year's schedule because I don't even know what's happening. I think the, one of the great things that came out of this was that everybody realized that you don't need to schedule 15 years in advance. You know what I mean? You can just kind of say, <laughs> hey, uh, it'll be real great to play Texas this week. You guys want to play? Cool, let's do it. And then they play. Um, you know, like I think uh, we saw Coastal Carolina and BYU kind of line up and play something like a playoff game. Wouldn't it be cool? Here's my kind of proposal. You tell me what you think about it. Got like a minute or two left. Um, they should just start the season with the conference games, right? Boom. Started out. North Texas versus, you know, Southern Miss. Let's do it. And then once you kind of get that done, then you say, okay, now it's time to schedule non-conference games. Because then you know who to play, right? You don't know. Early in the season, you're like, oh, you know, big game. You know, USC versus Alabama. Oh, turns out USC sucks. And we just all wasted our time. So, you know, after you get through the conference season, you're like, okay, hey, uh, looks like Marshall's pretty good. Looks like North Texas is pretty good. Wouldn't it be great if they played, you know, whoever's good elsewhere? Maybe North Texas played a BYU or a, or a Houston, whoever is good in, you know, the AAC. You get those games played. Now you kind of figured out who's who, right? Now you can say, hey, well, you know, like looking back a couple of years, or hey, UCF, uh, they just dominated everybody. I think they're ready. And then you can stick them into the playoff or whatever the case may be. You know what I mean? Like get through the conference season. Then we know. Then we don't have to talk about third, fourth place or whatever. Like forget it. If you won your conference, you came out looking good, then we know what matchups we want to see. You know, that's the time. So you're saying playing all the conference games first, yeah, and then kind of sounds like a bowl game, if if we're being honest. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, but yeah, it's bowl game with meaning. That's what I'm saying. And the way that BYU Coastal Carolina was exciting, everybody wanted to see it. I mean, flip it around, right? We start the season, BYU Coastal Carolina. You're gonna kind of look and say, yeah, well, you know, okay, cool. If BYU lost to Coastal Carolina in that game, you'd be like, man, BYU, what's wrong with them? They kind of suck. What you know, whatever the case. It wasn't until they kind of went through their schedule. Now, this is the part where it, it doesn't uh, quite work is that you have a lot of independents. And so you'll probably have to sr- sprinkle in the independents here and there to kind of – they have to play somebody, right? But I think that fills in some of those uh, those bye week kind of deals, right? Like you have 11 teams or 12 teams and somebody needs to play somebody. Well, you play a BYU, right, or an Army or something like that. And so your your the premise is that you cannot schedule an out of conference game until four or five games into the season. Yeah, and I think what it was that Greg said, hey, maybe one game. I think that's fine. Wait, one or two, right? That's whatever. But let's get started as quickly as possible. Let's get through the conference season. Let's save those last three four weeks for non conference games that we want to see. You know, you know. Eight no whoever versus I, seven win one whatever like and then you get those cross conference matchups you have that conference title game middle of the season done we know who the champ yeah. is I mean I, I can yeah. I, I can get behind it um I mean I think another thing that's that has that twenty twenty has shown us is that we don't need so many football teams <laughs> some <laughs> some schools can just pack it up yeah uh, I mean, and, yeah. and go home. did you care about ODU this this time where you're like man no, what? I was like 
football. Yeah, it was like, oh, wait. And, and it's like every week I was like, oh, yeah, they're not playing football. I, I forgot. The fall season's not complete until I see old, old Dominion <laughs> out there losing to, to Liberty. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of where it goes. There's all kinds of proposals in case you're wondering or curious about it. People are like, let's shut it down. Let's get the P5 out in their own conference. It won't be NCAA. It'll be like NCFA or something like that. Um, I don't know, especially given the pandemic, I don't know that we're going to see 130, you know, D1 teams anymore, FBS teams, whatever you want to call them. Uh, you know, I think it's going to branch out a little bit. And I don't think that would be completely terrible. I do think that there's there's a mechanism, if you're clever, in including a lot of people. But, hey, when you include it, that means you gotta you got to get the people with the money to give up some of the money. And if uh, history and all of humanity has taught us anything, is that if you got it, you don't want to give it up. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to the show. It's been the Mean Green Nation podcast. Aldo, where can we find you on this great big old internet of ours? You can find me on Twitter at Aldo Avina, A-L-D-O-A-V-I-N-A, or you can find me on Instagram, Nerdy Golfers. Sweet. Uh, go Mean Green. Go Mean Green.